to Very Amusing, your one-stop shop for the stories, secrets, and shenanigans of a popcorn-fueled theme park journalist. I'm Carly Wiesel, and I have not had popcorn in a week, I'm just realizing. Oh my god, I have to rectify that. I wish July 4th was more of a... I mean, you'll listen to this after July 4th is over, but I wish it was more of like a popcorn holiday, you know what I mean? Really, I guess the Oscars are the only event that is popcorn-based. We really don't get a... We don't get a, a good go of it, us popcorn lovers, when it comes to different year-round events. Maybe that, like, disgusting popcorn ball at Halloween time, you know what I mean? It's, like, stuck together in a mound. No, thank you. It's not that good. And I guess at Christmas time, it's generally used as decor, which... Is, is that offense? Is that rude? Is that rude to popcorn lovers? That it's like, yeah, your food's fine, but we're just going to use it to dangle over a tree. I don't know. I don't know. All I'm saying is that now I'm realizing I have no popcorn left in the house and I really got to do something about it. Anyway, today we're not talking about popcorn. We're talking about Club 33, the private club at Disneyland Park and beyond because there are multiple locations of it worldwide. We'll get into that in a minute later in the episode, but I have to talk about something that I just saw a moment ago. Granted, you will be listening to this a week later, but I think it still resonates. It is Friday afternoon, and I saw that the Zach Wolf tipped me, thank you, Zach Wolf, that there's a, a something up on Disney social media that is a challah bread with a step-by-step recipe inspired by Kronk? Kronk. Kronk! The Emperor's New Grooves Kronk, a.k.a. the only Jewish character we have in Disney animation? The only one? I don't know. I, I Here's how I feel. Very, very grateful for Disney for doing this, for posting this at the right time on a Friday early afternoon, right before Shabbat, which I appreciate. That means that someone there knows about us and knows about our holidays and our weekly rituals. Very appreciative. A+. I love that they also gave a recipe. It wasn't just like, happy Shabbat, here's a picture of Kronk with a challah. Amazing. By the way, if you're not familiar, challah is the braided loaf of bread that is traditional to both our religion and our culture, I would say. If you've if you had it, it's probably as French toast, or if you're like me, you buy it and then rip the insides out and shove them into your mouth before someone else gets there, because that's the best part. You want to leave them with the crust, which is inferior to the insides. Anyway, uh, they provided a whole recipe on how to make your own challah, and then there's a picture at the end of Kronk eating said challah, which is fabulous. I think it's real great. Representation matters, and I... Well, I am very, very grateful that they are just out here posting hollow recipes. Uh, oh, surely, surely we can work towards a better future where there are more characters to point to than Kronk, right? Am I right? Like, we do, come on. Can we have, can we have something, can we have someone more famous? Which ties into, again, the reason we celebrate Shrek-sember every December from 2020 going forward until the day I one day perish. Because it is so important to me that there, we have a leading man, ogre. Man ogre? Ogre man? We have a leading man ogre in Shrek who is very clearly Jewish. He has a Yiddish name. If you're wondering why he's Jewish, we got episodes on that. Don't worry yourself. But it's kind of like we, uh, we're we pushing, I'm pushing so hard for Shrek to be recognized as a Jewish character. And this is proof why. Because Kronk is as fringe as it gets, people. Kronk? Kronk. People would not know who Kronk is if you went to a Disney trivia night. No, Kronk? 
Come on, Croc, really? The Trek is right there. Yes, I know they're different companies, but you see what I'm saying. Like, it, the reason that I have been pushing for Shrek to be wearing a Hanukkah sweater in the parks is because we have a major character who is essentially known to be Jewish because we say he is, and also there's a lot of evidence pointing towards it. And I would love for someone on the forefront of characters at a theme park to be represented as being Jewish. Now, that being said, I am very appreciative. Thank you, Disney, for posting Kronk's hollow recipe. I hope you keep going with it. This is wonderful. It's fantastic. I hope there are other things like this going forward. And also, uh, now I really want bread. Now I really want bread. So as I go to figure out <laughs> what, but I mean, I already had a biscuit today, but like what else I can slap butter on, on, on a carb to shove into my face, I will just turn it over to future slash past me who will tell you all about Club 33 and all the secrets about it that you want to know. Stick around. That's up next. Okay, you know that feeling that everyone knows something that you don't? For me, that used to be Quince, but no more. Quince is a truly astounding retailer, essentially carrying everything a person on your mood board would wear. We're talking washable silk blouses, chic leather bags, 14 karat gold jewelry, European linen dresses, and the best part of all is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They're up here with $50 Mongolian cashmere sweaters. $50! Beautiful, timeless items you can wear and actually live in. Meaning, you don't have to be scared to bring them on your theme park travels. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And if you're sensitive to retailers like I am, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. But it's not just your everyday work-life clothes. They have everything. I recently joined a new gym, big deal for me, and desperately needed new workout clothes to wear there. It's kind of like an LA gym, like it kind of got to look cute. So I ordered a pair of their ultra form bike shorts and high rise pocket leggings. And when I tell you the quality of these leggings is truly on par with brands I paid three times as much for, which really kind of makes me love these three times more. I'm not only going to buy them again, but actually buy the other travel stuff in my cart because they have things like beautiful pastel suitcases for 129 bucks and these wildly affordable compression packing cubes that I have been waiting forever to buy compression packing cubes and they're always so pricey and here the price fits. So if you want to get ready for work, your new gym, travel, anything in your life, go to Quince. Quince.com slash amusing will get you free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Ooh, that's nice for someone who puts stuff off like I do. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash amusing to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash amusing. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Today, we're talking Club 33. Sort of. We touched on the series of members-only clubs located at Disney Parks Worldwide in our very first episode, Secret Spaces at Disney Parks. But today, we're going deeper and much more specific. 
If you happen to be unfamiliar with the legacy and lore of this largely private location, Club 33 is a private members-only club that opened in 1967 at California's Disneyland Park. It's most famously known as the place in Disneyland you could drink booze until Oga's Cantina opened at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in 2019. That also might be the only detail of its existence that isn't somehow refuted because so many details about Club 33, even the origin of its name, are scattered or obfuscated in some way. D23, Disney's official fan club and essentially the primary source for things like these, says that 33 refers solely to its street address location on Royal Street at Disneyland's New Orleans Square. But still, there's confusion and lore about that, too. The Orange County Register, on multiple occasions dating decades into the past, reported that the 33 references Walt Disney's way of honoring the original 33 corporate sponsors of the park, which is still a prevailing theory to this day. This is how it tends to go with Club 33, a mix of facts and assumptions and scattered details, all feeding into the mysterious reputation that precedes it. So that's why we're not focusing on the clubs worldwide or even just the one at Disneyland today. We're going to discuss one singular thing at Club 33, the bar. And boy, oh boy, is it a good one. Here, it's not even called a bar. No, no, no. It's Salon Nouveau and can only be experienced as a Club 33 member or as one of their guests. To talk about Salon Nouveau, we first have to discuss its creation because this lounge overlooking New Orleans Square was not always here. It actually opened in July 2014 as part of a massive Club 33 overhaul. It was a pretty historic redesign, one that changed almost everything about the experience, from the removal of their charming French lift elevator to the Court of Angels, a scenic hideaway with a large, beautiful staircase, once open to everyone, being annexed off from public view and used as the club's private main entrance, much to the ire of many Disneyland fans. The upstairs was converted into Salon Nouveau, a lounge with views of Rivers of America, and if you look up newspaper coverage of the new lounge, it stops there. Beyond some online blogs and videos, there's not much on the record about what was inside once it actually opened. The design, the artwork, the interiors, nothing since it debuted seven years ago. So, how could I even begin to do an episode on this secret space, whose brick-lined walls and majestic stained-glass surroundings feel like they've been there forever? Whose menus of classic cocktails, made at the slick decorative wooden bar, are hidden inside vintage-seeming books with titles like Rum, Rye, Brandy, and Why? I've been lucky enough to have visited before, but was more focused on the glee of ordering an old-fashioned inside Disneyland while spending time with friends than dissecting the contents of the walls, which puts me at a very big disadvantage when it comes to reporting. How could I discuss details like the big cozy booths, an homage to the elevator that can actually be sat in, the granite bar, and what the artwork actually looks like without getting anyone into trouble? Yeah, there's a storied history of members not wanting to talk about the club by name. It's a private club, and I didn't want to incriminate any member I know either personally or tangentially by having them comment on the record, which I understand given the club's secretive status. But for a podcast, it's not ideal. 
Going the PR route, which I typically do in these situations, was also a non-starter. They don't comment on Club 33 and its experiences. But at one time, they did. Back in 1986, Disneyland spokesman Bob Roth told the Daily News of Los Angeles, we don't like to publicize the club. We don't want the people to think there is an elitist group at the park. Why talk about a place the general public can't get into? Ooh, sorry, Bob. (laughs) So what does a popcorn-fueled theme park journalist do when she wants to do just that? Talk about a secret place that's secret that no one can talk about? She calls up her friend David Yeh, a photographer, theme park fan, and an avid collector who is lucky enough to have had his fair share of visits to the secret bar nestled inside the happiest place on earth. If you had to ballpark it, how many times would you say you've been to Club 33? I mean, a 33 would be a good number, a safe number, maybe. That might be high, though. You see, David's the type of guy who is a friend to everyone. I met him at a D23 Expo press event four years ago, and we wound up chatting the whole night, going to dinner, hanging out, and remain friends to this day. And being so interested in this stuff and being so amicable and just generally as passionate about these things as I am, he finds himself on the receiving end of invites often and has plenty of experiences and stories to share. There was a time one year, it was the, I think it was the 50th anniversary, and there was a Dick Van Dyke celebration at the Grand Californian Hotel. And I was, I was photographing it. And then I, you just meet random people like through these things. And in an elevator, he says, hey, are you going to be at Disneyland tomorrow? Uh, this member. And I said, yeah. He says, well, hit me up. Um, you know, we'll be at the club. And just that was it, you know, just here's my phone number. And, you know, like, you, it just so these things just happen randomly. But today we're not talking about that as fun as his memories are. Sorry, David. We're talking about the details of Salon Nouveau's design that even I myself had no idea about even having been there. Now, if it's hard to visualize anything we discuss, don't fret. I actually found a video on YouTube that is probably not allowed to exist, but somehow does, and it'll low-key give you a full walkthrough of Salon Nouveau. I would click it sooner than later because who knows if it'll be pulled down by the time you're listening to this. So from ghost musicians to magical paintings and everything in between, here's everything you've never known about Club 33's exclusive watering hole. been to club 33 before it was i guess reimagined yes so what yeah what have your thoughts been on it before and now and kind of what are your favorite parts about it i want to know all your thoughts i definitely miss the old entrance that just said you know the old logo too there was something special about the old logo and it's still there next to blue bayou restaurant and it's just like a classic three like a more gothic three thirty three than it is now and the old, lo- uh, old lobby had this really wonderful lift or elevator, and you can still find it in the new salon, but it's like a booth for one. <laughs> it's kind of sad. And, you know, the first time I actually went to the lounge, I saw the booth or saw, saw the, lo- the, the, hotel, the elevator, and it was just like, oh, 
this is kind of i'm glad it's still there but it's also kind of sad but um it was it seemed a little bit more i don't know if it's because of my age the age difference and time has passed but it seemed more elegant back in the day i went for large group gatherings back in the day for birthday parties and we i sat mostly in the trophy room which doesn't exist anymore that's just the like the new kitchen and it had all these like crazy decorations and photos all over the place if you have a, a fear of butterflies there was a lot of butterflies in that room um <laughs> but but it was it, you know actually the back then the food the food didn't strike me as that amazing back in my the early days i think it's better now but it could be because of cooking for 20 people was just difficult at the same time you know but um and i haven't done something like that since but it was it was really a wonderful experience and i and, oh there was a buffet section to club 33 in the old days where it was like seafood like all you can eat shrimp you could just so like included in your meal you pick your main course but then you could just go and get cocktail shrimp and oysters or whatever and then they turn into like a dessert bar at the end of your meal uh what <laughs> yeah that was that was kind of amazing there was like there was a little bar like a, you couldn't sit at a bar but that's where like one cast member would make drinks the bartenders and then right next to it was like this this tray or this like just table of ice and there was shrimp and other seafood and salad kind of things and it was just it was really amazing that's what i missed the most of old club 33 it was it was unlimited yeah you mean that there was a time where i could have gone to disneyland and then just eaten myself sick on free shrimp yes well it wouldn't be free but yeah oh could. the way i do math that shrimp would be free <laughs> I do want to talk about the art within Club 33 because it is something that many people don't usually get to see. And you seem to be very knowledgeable about it. And I, I would just love to know, I guess, how you came to learn all of this. The artwork in Club 33 is a lot of it is concept art for from Imagineering for New Orleans Square. And, you know, there's a lot of um, pieces by Herbert Ryman is one of the concept artists of Disney legend Imagineering. Beautiful pieces of New Orleans Square. And that's kind of like what sets it up. So like in the original lobby, um, there was concept arts of Mark Twain on the riverboat. And then I think because, because Walt passed away before the club was finished, there was also a portrait of Walt sitting at a table with in a building and then the Mark Twain kind of in the background kind of thing. One of those... So it was a very sentimental piece that was added when the club actually opened. Just kind of a reminder of what maybe what Walt would have been doing if, because he wanted to see this as a private area that he could entertain guests away from the crowds. And so that was the whole main purpose of the club to begin with. The art in the salon, the salon is probably the area that I've, you know, we've all seen the most maybe. And that's where all the newer art is can be found in. There's that walkway when you enter the lounge, there's the wine cellar kind of thing. And then there's booths. And in those booths are some really cool things where they, they look like paintings or photos, but the longer you sit with them, the more they start to change. And I know this is, 
this, this is something that you see all the time in like Harry Potter, Wizarding World now. It's very just common, but when the club opened, this was something new. <laughs> so it was, it might not seem so special when I talk about it now, but like, you know, there would be a, a picture of the Mark Twain actually on Rivers of America and you would start to see the sun or the moon would just kind of shift places or there's like water, there's another boat. There's another piece that's just a pirate ship or a nautical ship. And then you might see a sea creature kind of come out of it. And um, I think there's a Haunted Mansion one where there's the moon changes places and then there's different people that show up. But, uh, but one of the coolest ones in um, inside the salon is a painting of the, the musicians in New Orleans Square. And, and the cool thing about the salon is that there's a player piano and it's playing with different instruments that you are hearing in other speakers so um behind the bar there's a a trumpet or a cornet there's like a little brass instrument that will play the parts and it'll and when when you hear the trumpet or the cornet part the spirit from the painting that of that musician will disappear and appear next to the horn and he's playing it and uh, the instrument will kind of shake so there's a projection of that musician playing that instrument. And anytime the musicians who are playing the instruments that you hear, they are not in the painting anymore. And then they, then they go back when they're not playing. So I, it's, it's wild. I did not know this. <laughs> it's the one, the painting on the left side next to the elevator in the lounge. The next time you're in there, please check it out. and. Keep, keep your ears open for the music. And then, you know, when if you hear a certain different instruments, maybe kind of go back and look at the painting and just see who's not there and who's, versus oh who's there. God. I usually just sit in a chair and I'm like, please don't kick me out, sir. I just, I'm just <laughs> drinking my cocktail and minding my own. <laughs> You're um, just like, you know, looking down. <laughs> No, just trying no, to I not contact. cause trouble. I don't want anyone to like ruin the fun day for me. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. God, that's so cool. Yeah, it's one of those things that just like blew my mind. And then just especially seeing the the, the spirit playing the instrument itself on behind the bar. So it's it's truly kind of, you know, around you, so to speak. And the piano is playing the piano part. And you don't hear the piano in the speakers playing the other instruments. It's, so it's, it's kind of a live, um, you know, it's almost live in a way. It's like a ghost band. Ghost band, yeah. And um, because it has a French style, the the Salon Nouveau is they have these booths on the left side for larger parties. And behind each painting is very much like a nod to Princess and the Frog. And there's different paintings there. And since we're recording this on May the 4th, there is a Darth Vader appearance, like a little cameo in one of the paintings. So the next time, yeah, there was a, the masquerade ball in princess and the frog. There's a painting of, you know, an interpretation of the, of the ball. And if you look closely, you'll find Darth Vader in the background. The other cool thing about the, the, the bar, the salon is that they, the menus have are unique on across the table. So like you might find one that's, that says the modern gentleman and they look like thick books 
And then you open up and it's the cocktail bar. And then another one might say like the, the Rongo room or something like that. So there, there's different, you know, menus that they created for the space and it was all created unique and uh, for, for the bar. And just, I mean, just the artistry alone in the bar itself, it's made out of this ginormous marble slab and it's just marble is just harder and harder to come by these days. The fact that they spent that much money on all this marble is, it's kind of amazing. So uh, <laughs> just, I, I think I'm just in love with the, the detail that they put into it, the area too, just being in there. And the drinks are fantastic too. So that's always my favorite thing. They really are. That's why I don't know any of these details. <laughs> Um, is there any piece of merchandise that you have gotten over the years that is like your your holy grail of Club 33 merch? The well, man, the the most recent thing that came out that is on everyone's wish list is the Club 33 gargoyle mug. That is a so during 2020, the pandemic happened, Halloween events didn't happen. Halloween mug releases didn't happen. And so there, it, there was a gargoyle mug that was released by Club 33 that didn't actually get released last year. And what they did is that they released it online um, earlier this year. And it was like one per person. It was like $100. I think there's only 500 of them. And... It just, it, it quickly sky and anything Haunted Mansion kind of goes for a lot of demand. And that one went on eBay for like as much as $5,000 for a mug. Let me see if I have it. Oh, but you, you got it. It looks like this. Whoa. And it comes with these um, metal swizzle sticks. Oh. And, you know, you're supposed to just like... Get out. And it looks like little, um, what would you call it? Like lantern? Can't yeah. Candle, candles? Candelabras? And you, you so it comes with, yeah, it comes with two on both sides. And this is some high quality stuff. So I'll just show you one side. <gasps> what? Wait, okay. what? What is that? Is that a battery powered candle? It's like an LED candle thing. And then you just kind of, and then you drink uh, from. Uh, uh. <laughs> you know, I, I was shocked when you said these went for $5,000, and now I get it. Thank you so much for hopping on. This was wonderful. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? 
And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hi, Carly. This is Courtney calling from Washington, D.C. Just listened to today's episode, and I really can't wait, and I will make a point to visit that marionette museum on my next trip to the West Coast. But as someone who lives on the East Coast, I am a little shocked and disappointed that your list for Disneyland hurrahs didn't include Mr. Toad. Why the Mr. Toad neglect? that not one of your favorite dark rides? It's something that us folks on the East Coast dearly missed. Winnie the Pooh, he's cute, but not fun. Not the same way that you get when you go on a romping wild car chase and then hell. It's okay. It's a little suspect at the end. But still, was this an oversight? Thanks. Bye. Oof. Okay. I I had a feeling I was going to get a call about this and I'll put all my cards on the table. This is where I stand with Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. I understand that people love it. I respect why they do. But for me personally, if I'm going to Disneyland and I'm doing just the hits or I'm I'm on borrowed time, it's not one of my priorities while I'm there. I get everything I would want out of it by going on Peter Pan. And that is a personal choice. To me, I much prefer that ride system and flying above London. There is nothing like it. It is so magical. And if I only have time for one Fantasyland ride, that's where I'm going. Now, if I'm, you know, I have the whole day, there's no wait. I'll mess around with a Mr. Toads, no problem. Do I still find it scary even as a grown woman? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. But regardless, I know that people love it. I know that people are obsessed with it. And I encourage you to be. I think that Mr. Toad needs that fan base to make sure it stays around for as long as possible. But for me, if I'm if I'm just just doing the hits, it's on the chopping block. I'm sorry. I respect that you love it, but it's a no from me, dog. Hi, Carly. This is Maria from Staten Island, New York. This question is in response to one of your calls from last week. If you enter World Showcase at the International Gateway, do you head toward France or UK? Obviously, I favor Mexico versus Canada, but something in the show last week got me thinking about this. Heading to the UK gets you to Mexico faster, but going right gives you the snacks in France, and I'm definitely motivated by food. What's the right thing to do? Help a sister out. Thanks so much. Love the podcast. Bye. Oh, yeah. Let's get into it. A new type of world showcase hot take. I am here for this. Now, I want to say from the top, I'm very sorry. I did not get to this call sooner. I meant to, and it is a few weeks later than received. But still, this is a pressing topic. This is a, a, an important issue that we must discuss here on Very Amusing. In case you are not privy to where we fell previously on the turning left or right issue at World Showcase, the answer is you turn left, you go Mexico first. A lot of people have refuted this with very good points, which I agree with that you can go right to Canada if you specifically want something in that pavilion or a pavilion nearby, if you have a dining reservation, anything like that. Some people argued that you don't go to Mexico first because that's where you're going to get the most drinks, so you got to build up to that level. 
okay, I mean, I guess I'll technically give you that. But when we're talking international gateway between France and the UK at the World Showcase, whoo! All right, I'm. I have not thought this through, but I'm going to go with that. Turning right towards France is the correct move, but turning left, if you have something in that direction, is not problematic. So here's why. And I know we're talking counterclockwise. We're talking counterclockwise. The way that I view World Showcase is that you want to walk directly towards the best stuff. So if you're entering from the main entrance, you want to go left. You want to go to Mexico. Best stuff, Mexico. But if you're entering on the other side, International Gateway, you want to go right to France, baby. Maybe there's a a mime who's like standing on top of a bunch of chairs. Maybe the Remy's Ratatouille Adventure is open and you want to get a little bit, I want to get a crepe at the creperie and then go on a, go ride a, go ride a little, a little rat, ride a little rat through a kitchen in Paris. Why not? If you go left, what are you going to get? Fish and chips? There's a there's a gift shop that sells tea. I mean, come on, right is the way to go. And there is this kind of like inherent need in me to want to turn right because if you are staying at a hotel nearby, as you know, like that is the most clutch Epcot breakfast is to enter the park, bloop, go to the right, get a baguette, get a pastry, get a cappuccino. Why not? It's fabulous. If you go left, there's nothing there in the morning for you. There's nothing. There's nothing there. There's nothing there until it's literally fish and chip o'clock or beer o'clock like that's or tea o'clock. That's all there is or maple popcorn o'clock. That's it. That's it. So I say you if you are just aimlessly wandering, you're coming to Epcot, having a good time. I would go towards the right because then you're going to get all hits on the way towards Mexico. If you go to the left, yes, 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 you are technically going to hit Mexico sooner, but it feels like more of a struggle and you've already probably walked so far. Maybe you took the Skyliner in. You've gone through a journey. You've done a lot to get here. Don't you deserve to get the best stuff first and to really just nourish your theme park love and soul as soon as humanly possible? I feel like someone's going to yell at me about this, but this is where I land. This is where I land. When you enter World Showcase, you turn left. When you enter International Gateway, you turn right. Period. That's where I am. That's where I am. That's where I am. Hi, Carly. This is Laura Ann from South Carolina. I have been following you since about the time that you went to D23 and covered it, however many years ago that was now. And I couldn't remember if you've ever touched on or not if you have ever been on a Disney cruise. And if you have, did you like it? And if you haven't, why not? We'd love to hear your answers and your thoughts. Love the podcast. Thanks. Bye. You know, you're right. I really haven't talked about Disney Cruise Line at all on this podcast, which is kind of strange, really, because I love, I love Disney Cruise Line. I've been on, I believe, three of the four ships in total, But every time I've gone, I've had an utter blast. And I'll tell you why. So I've always been a fan of cruising because, as you can probably discern from my entire personality, I love to cram as much into a day as possible. And that's what cruising is, especially on Disney ships, because you go out and you do stuff and then you come back and there's entertainment, there's character meet and greets, there's like themed dining, and now there'll be even more themed dining on Disney Wish, the fifth ship that they're coming out with. There's so much to do, and I love it because you basically can pack two vacations into one. Now, I I still have to get on an Alaskan cruise. It's on my so-called bucket list. I gotta do it. I gotta see Mickey and Minnie in their little outfits. It seems great, but the best Disney cruise I've ever been on was one that I took out of Barcelona. It was for work, and it was the Disney Magic, I believe, so it was one of the smaller ships. And we, it was, 
it was the maybe the best vacation of my entire life. I, of course, was with my mom because my mom comes with me everywhere. And we basically went through Italy. We started and finished in Barcelona. We stopped at ports that they have different names and they're like an hour from the actual cities. But we essentially stopped outside of Rome. We stopped outside of, oh my gosh, where else? Uh, we went to Cinque Terre. Cinque Terre. I'm told I don't know how to pronounce that. Basically, it, it looked like it looked like the movie Luca. It was phenomenal and you would do that all day and then you'd come back and like goofy would be there waving at you and you'd get to like go see tangled or whatever like you'd do so much stuff and i loved it so 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 much i cannot wait to go back on the disney wish next year i might even go on two cruises next spring which i don't i mean i assume cruising will be okie dokes by then but i i think i'm gonna do it i think i'm really gonna do it so i can't wait to get back on a cruise ship when it feels right and i love it so much i highly highly recommend it um And if you have any more specific questions, feel free to call in because they are truly so much fun. And I think Disney provides so much more with their characters and theming than other cruise lines can. So I love it. I love it. Oh, I love it. Now I miss it. (sighs) Hi, it's me. I'm back. I just had to tell you that I Googled how to pronounce it. I was very wrong. It is, you know, I'm not even going to try it. I'm going to let this anonymous Italian with Julian tell you. Cinque terre with the typical italian pronunciation cinque terre cinque terre but the reason i'm adding this is because of course i looked up this video and what was the pre-roll ad that's right an ad for luca on disney plus disney knows what they're doing Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's our show! Thank you all for listening, and thank you so much to David Yeah for chatting about all things Salon Nouveau. You can find David's photos and stories and generally very cool life at Coyete Boy on Twitter and Instagram, which is spelled C O H E T E. B-O-Y. I have been mispronouncing it in my head for four full years, so I feel dumb. Star Wars fans, you can also check out David's work at Endor Express on Instagram or on their website, endorexpress.net. If you enjoyed this or anything I've yelled at you for this year so far, you can follow or subscribe, review, and rate Very Amusing, this thing, this pod, on Apple Podcasts or listen wherever they stream pods online. You can find me. No one's got my name. Just type it in. Boom, you're there. You're listening. Easy peasy. 
Thank you to recent reviewers Nick Kick 947, M Wills 9307, Tink Demuth, that's really fun to say, K Odom and M Hassan for your recent reviews. You're all the best. Thank you so much. I don't know how the review rating system works on Apple Podcasts, but I know that a review means a whole lot both mathematically and to me in my heart and I'm very appreciative. So thank you. You can find me, Carly Wiesel, on Twitter and Instagram, and you can ring me up, bring, bring, at 747 Churros any time of day. If you, like me, get the voicemail panics, oh my God, I get so nervous, you can send a voice memo to 747churros at gmail.com. Both of them will get to me. It's totally fine. I actually, I got tipped on something great in the inbox this weekend that I'll probably mention on next week's episode. So stay tuned. The extravagant never ends if you catch my drift. If you want to be even more amused, I apologize because I have formally ended my Patreon. It was a blast. I loved doing it. I love my Patreonies. I said a very personal goodbye to them and I will miss that community so much, but unfortunately, long story that I wrote to them short, I was stretched way too thin with work and I really need to focus on the main feed. So thank you to everyone who joined over the past year. I appreciate it. I had a blast. I am so thankful that we got to get through the bulk of the stay at home portion of the pandemic together. Y'all the best. And I promise you will just be getting even more stuff just probably for free on this feed. So it, it all works out. Everybody wins. Oh, I miss you Patreonies already. Very Amusing is edited instinctively by Jeff Fox. Thanks so much for listening. See ya real soon. Hey, sweetheart, it's mom. This episode on this weekend, Very Amusing, was so much fun. It's kind of like your two worlds collided, your love for Disney and your love for marionettes. I know you've been telling me about them for a long time, and you've been a good supporter and fan of Bob Baker, which I almost just said Bob Barker from The Price is Right. Oh, and you were on that as well. So this is all coming full circle. Anyway, honey, I love hearing Bob working with Walt Disney. I think that is really cool, doing the displays and the puppet shows. I love that. Well, another great episode, honey. I hope I talk to you this weekend. Have a happy fourth, and I love you. Bye.